0: Hey sis, welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes, Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself. So I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. So welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. And this is a podcast for millennial moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right, you all, so welcome to our new listeners and um, welcome back to our um, OG listeners who tune in weekly. We have a special guest for today's episode. Um, My guest name is Miss Elise Young. And we are actually um old co-workers together. We worked at a school together a couple years ago. Um, we didn't work you know closely together, but I do remember seeing Miss Young in the hallway. She always seemed so nice and gentle, and the kids seem to respond to her will. So I'm very excited to speak with her. Um, Miss Young is an elementary school counselor, she has a master's in Christian counseling, a master's in school counseling. Um, as well as in educational leadership. So Ms. Young definitely knows her stuff. Um, and specifically for today's topic, which the title is, The Power of Generational Patterns. Um, and I named it this, I didn't want to say um, generational curses or things like that, because I feel like things that are passed down generationally can go either way. They can be positive things or they can be negative things. So we'll definitely jump in that into that today. So, Ms. Young, to jump right in, um, what is generational patterns to you? Um, What does that mean to you or what does that look like to you? And how can someone identify generational patterns that they may currently deal with?
1: Um, I I love the question. So, first of all, I love that you said that generational patterns can be, you know, a positive or it can be a negative because I think we, tend to focus a lot more on generational patterns that are negative and overlook the the positive ones. Right. And, and they're powerful. Ultimately the positive patterns that we have um, can become legacy builders, right. The stuff that we can learn in a positive way can be that foundation to building or creating legacy within our families. But, for the mo- most case, generational patterns, we usually look at the the negative traits that seem to um, pass down, if I can say it, in such a way where it almost seems like it's going through the bloodline in essence. So it's going from generation to generation to generation, um, and and in most cases, you can see it, and it's almost a natural pattern. Like for example, right. well, if I look at look at my life being transparent in this moment, there, is, there was a generational pattern that was definitely happening. My grandmother had two children, never married. My mom had two children, never married. So that would, that would be the very huge beginnings of a generational pattern. And for me, I, I broke that particular pattern, not in a way that I married and have children, but no children, not married at this point, but it was a cycle where I was confident that I wanted to be married and have children, or I'd rather not have it at all, you know, so it was a, it was that natural progression that just happened, but um, it could have continued if there wasn't
0: a decision in myself. Right, right, for sure, so, um, and I was, say I can identify with that too so as far as me and my family um the so the women would you know get married but there was something where teen pregnancy that was a generational pattern in my family so my mom was originally adopted um by my my grandmother who I grew up with knowing was my grandma but her biological mom was a teenager when she had her And she was unable to take care of her. So she, you know, my grandmother that I grew up with took her in. But um, that was something that my mom struggled with up until this day. And she's in her like mid-60s because her biological mom had eight other children that um, seven of them she did raise on her own. Two, including my mom, were given away. So That was, and then I had my son um, young. My sister had her kids early and young. So that was the pattern there. So I definitely can relate to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So I know I originally reached out to speak to you um, based off your feedback from the Kirk Franklin's documentary, Father's Day. So you had did a live where you were sharing your thoughts on his mom's response. So if you have not seen that documentary, uh, this will be a spoiler alert (laughs) for you. But um, can you just kind of share like, what were your thoughts on how his mom reacted to the news? And you can give a little backdrop of what happened in the documentary for those who may not have seen it, just to kind of help people understand where we're coming from on that topic.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I I watched the documentary and I'm like you. By now, if you haven't watched it, I'm gonna spoil it. At right. first, when I was talking about it, I'm gonna spoil it. But now, if you haven't watched it, it's on you. You had a, plenty enough time. But when I when I watched the video, first of all, um, I, I was in tears when I watched the video the very first time. And I've watched it after that, but the very first time, just raw reaction, I, I was literally in in tears. I I understood. Yeah um to some extent that fatherlessness that he was speaking about because I do not have that relationship with my own father unfortunately and um one part of the video if you can recall and I didn't recall it the first time but watching it over when Kirk makes a, a comment about you know I would give up all these trophies just to be somebody's mm-hmm. son man that 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 hits me because I I would I would I would give up so so many things just to be called my father's daughter just to hear that particular comment. But, um, the rawness of the video was powerful to me To Uh, when you speak of the generational patterns, um, just jumping back to that in the video, when you see Kurt's response to the DNA test that he gets from his father, it's emotional. He's crying. When the dad sees the video, I mean, excuse me, when the dad gets the responses in the video that he is the father, the dad immediately generational pattern begins to cry. And then when C- Kirk tells carry on his son about, you know, we got a, we got, you got a grandfather, you've been wanting one and you got one carry on immediately in the same way is in tears and emotional. That is a generational pattern. From men you know that did not have mm-hmm. that relationship but they both responded in that same emotional sense but going back to the mom um, and that was one of the first places I landed was when I, when I heard her denial of, of the test two times when she rejected literally said the words I reject the test I was in, in shock but then what what my mind went to immediately, and then I was listening to other commentators talk about it, was she's not telling her story. Mm-hmm. She, she, for whatever reason, she is holding on to whatever this particular secret is, and she will not tell it. And that connected with me specifically because um, in 2014, my mom passed away from pancreatic cancer. And there there are some things that I now just won't know because she kept so many secrets. Um, And I'm not sure why, but, and I've asked on more than one occasion, you know, just some questions, and she would just not talk about it. So seeing that pattern and knowing that Kirk is pretty much about my age, it made me say, is it something generational? Is it something in that? Generation, because his mom has to be about what my mom's age would be to some extent. Is it just something in in that generation where we have been taught culturally to to hold on to certain secrets, to not tell, um, and and why we do that? Like, and I I don't have a full answer for it, but I would. I wish I did. I wish I did so that we could be able to break that cycle for those that are not, you know, telling it. But hopefully for us in our next generation, we won't hold back. We'll tell the truth. Um, But but she it's some kind of trauma is my thought in her past, something about that situation that she does not want to reveal, doesn't want to talk about it or doesn't know she even has the emotional capacity to handle what that conversation would look like.
0: Yes, I found that very interesting too. And especially, like you said, it was the two times for me because the first time I was like, okay, whatever, you know, it, it made me think about, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, uh, Mari, where they have like the paternity tests and they're like in denial, like, no, you are the father, you are the father. <laughs> so it kind of felt like that to me, like, no, that's not true. Um, we need to do it again and everyone complied and did it again and then that second time when she was at the facility with the test results and still denied it my immediately thought my immediate thought as well was trauma and a secret or something that she's hiding because now I'm wondering well how did they get together or was there a reason they weren't supposed to be together so she is trying to you know cover that and hide that um so I definitely can relate and I don't know I don't want to be um what's the word bias and say like in black families that happens but I'm just speaking from you know my experience mm. but I feel like in the black household um especially when you think back to slavery and the civil war time like people were taught talk- to keep secrets for safety for certain things, or it was looked at as like a safety net. Um, and maybe it just has spilled over into all areas of their lives where they just don't tell anything. Um, and people have to deal with that pain or that hurt of the unknown, you know, as they move forward. But I will say mm-hmm. as far as like the unknown and Sharon, my husband shared something with me recently where it was like if you want to know who you are then you know study your parents find out their generational habits their patterns or whatever and it can point to who you are so when our parents are silent about things that they've dealt with and we don't know their story and their histories a lot of times we, that means we don't know who we are or why we do some of the things that we do um and I can say also too like I can see patterns and things that I do as well as my husband. He didn't grow up with his father, um, but the times that I've met his father, I see a lot of similarities and they did not have a relationship. So that generational pattern runs deep (laughs) in our DNA. You don't have to be around the person to pick up on those things. It's just in you.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily, it's just, it blows down through the bloodline for sure.
0: Yes. And it even makes me think of um, some biblical families. Um, I know specifically, who was it? David, King David, where, you know, the one who killed Goliath and how with his family, he was the least in his um, family. His father didn't really pay attention to him or didn't really think much of him. And then when he became a father, it was just like he let the reins loose completely and, you know, just kind of let his family or his children do whatever because he didn't want to mimic the pattern of his father. So it really can go either way, but it still stems from an experience or that generational pattern that that you were that you dealt with. Right. And there's some other biblical people I can't think of right now. I know Moses. Uh, Abraham. <laughs> their fa- If you look at the trajectory of their family, there's a lot of generational patterns that they had dealt with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that you love right. David because you see those patterns in his life. So yeah, definitely. I connect with that.
0: For sure. All right. What advice would you give um, to someone who wants to change the trajectory of Unhealthy patterns um, in their family, but they're just not sure where to start or what that would look like.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that that's that's probably the most powerful question to to embrace because um, you're going to have to be a, a trailblazer in many cases. You're going to have to be willing to be misunderstood in certain situations, kind of like what we saw in Kirk's um, video when when he had to confront his mom on that particular day she's rejecting the results a second time and and she is she is intentionally in my mind when i watched it the, the a couple of times later she was intentionally using her motions because i think she thought in that moment i'm, I'm rejecting these results kirk's back he, if you watch the video again he literally turns his back to her at that point and so she he's using her emotions because I think she thought her emotionality would make him turn Mm -hmm. the chair and not, not, you know, cast her away. And so she was saying, so I'm going to lose you. And even her sister is saying to her, um, he just wants the truth. You, you got somebody that's there and you're not willing to move forward. And so for Kirk, he had to do something, that was was hurting him because he didn't just want a father he wanted a mother and a father he was kind of clear about that and in order for him to break this particular pattern which was the lies and the secrets he had to literally turn his back to her and say yes this is what it means it means you can't have me if you can't tell me the truth so if you want to break and we're looking on the negative side of the generational patterns, then the first thing is you have to identify what you see. And then second, mm-hmm. you have to be able um, to stand in a place where you're going to be misunderstood. You're going to have to be able to stand yeah. in a place where um, you're, you're going to have to, to make a stand. You know what I mean? So you're standing in a place where you're going to have to make a stand to say that this is what I want. And if you can't meet that expectation, if you can't meet me here so we can have the proper conversations, then yes, you're gonna lose. And so you have to be willing even to take the loss, you know, and then that's hard because we're like, I don't want to do this and lose, but you have to be willing to take a loss in order to meet the level of expectation. But also, I will say if you take the loss. You have to be willing to venture into it at a later time, because one of the things that I know from my brother and I that we experienced was we wanted relationship um, with different people, with our fathers. And that was a struggle for my mom that unfortunately we weren't able to overcome. But one of our issues with her was to say, you you made the decision for you, but you can't make the decision for us.
0: Right. Right. So, you know yes, what I, mean? I you can to, relate to that.
1: that You know what I mean? Like, okay, if you want to walk down the path, I'll go with you. But for me, I, I'm still going to hold my same expectation. But if you need to have it, I can't deny it for you is what I'm saying.
0: Yes, I definitely can relate to that so much, Ms. Young. Um, especially, I would say, in my family, um, I have, I feel like I've been the one um, it was just like that light bulb came on. And I will say too, for me, I think getting outside of that environment kind of helped me to see like, okay, so some things are not really that healthy here, <laughs> you know, just yeah. having yeah. conversations with other people or that exposure, um, reading books, just finding out information on family and generations. Um, Ayala Benzant, I watched a lot of her shows and I noticed the pattern and everybody that she would talk to, she would ask about their parents. She would ask about their relationship with their parents. And there was always a connection to what they were going through and the families, what they were going through. So I started to apply that to my life and in no way am I minimizing um, therapy because I do attend therapy. Um, but I will say for people that don't have the the financial resources, if you pay attention, you know, to some of the information that's out there, you can kind of, <laughs> you know, pinpoint stuff. And I will say I started doing that in my early 20s, noticing that pattern before I even thought about, you know, actual therapy. Um, but that is definitely something, a risk that you have to take. Unfortunately, that's something I've had to accept that, you know, my family um, has not accepted the change that I have made, certain boundaries that I've put in place, certain requests that I've put in place um, in this newfound space that I'm in. They have not, you know, respected that. So as a result, we don't have a relationship. And as much as that breaks my heart, um, I have to think about uh, the pain that I face trying to force or fix them to, you know, see my side or or see how they're hurting me or see the unhealthiness in it um so I just choose you know my peace and to put my boundaries in place uh to protect me from that um and like you said it just I know a lot of people brag about you know generational curses and breaking them but there's a lot of ugly work <laughs> that goes in um on the other side of it that people don't talk about um it's not always as fun or liberating um, as people make it, you know, your feelings are hurt. You do experience grief and loss um, if you have to end certain relationships, especially with close people, your parents, your siblings, like those are supposed to be your, you know, blood thicker than water people, but that's not the case for everybody. Um, and that is painful. So, yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. And I like that right. you said okay.
1: the, the traveling, going and seeing things differently does help you get that view. Um so for some people, it's not to say if you let's say you don't travel. So you're saying if I don't travel, if I don't see different things, I'll never see it. No, you will, but the vastness of your experience by traveling and going in different places and doing things differently opens your eyes a lot, lot quicker to see that there's a big world out there. And there there are different ways to do things. And When you start to, as you said, when you start to look at the patterns of other lives and you're like, well, wait a minute, that's how they did that. They were thinking this way. They started acting this way and you start to see and you make the adjustment. So you don't necessarily have to travel all over, but start opening your eyes to new ways and new thoughts. If you think the same thoughts and you see things the same way, you're going to get the same results. But if you want to do something different, if you're feeling that, then you're going to have to do things differently um, in order to really have that experience. Um, and But I will say traveling and moving, stuff like that, and learning how to do it, once you know how to do it, what you do start to learn is a new resiliency in yourself. Be like, if I, I did that, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I yes. moved to Vegas, and then I moved back to New Jersey. And then when I was moving down here, This was easy. Like, I know how to move. I've done that before. It it, it creates a resiliency in yourself.
0: It's so amazing that you um, said that. I went on a Jamaica trip. It was a girl's trip two years ago. And the excursions that we did, I left feeling that way. Like, if I can do this, I can do anything. We were climbing um, waterfalls. I went scuba diving. Like, all these things that I would never... (laughs) never see myself doing and specifically that waterfall because the way we had to walk up it was like we had to hold each other's hands and I was just like how in the world are we about to do like I was so doubtful but we did it (laughs) we finished it and I was like you know what that's a life lesson right there God is speaking to me like if I can do this I can do anything and of course and I will say that with you know the whole generational patterns Looking at it can be intimidating when you see the list of all the things that your family is dealing with or that has been passed to you. It can be intimidating like, I'm just one person. I can't overcome all this stuff, but just one day at a time, one step at a time. And I'm a big believer like whatever I don't get, I pray that I plant the seeds in my children and that they get it and that they can connect with people to water what I was not able to water so that they can grow. Because I will say too, despite, you know, my situation with my parents, I feel like they did what they could with what they had. But I'm a strong believer that God connects us with who we need for the journey um, that we're on. It's just up to us to receive. There are countless women who have been put in my life who um, are like mother figures to me, who have spoken to me or guided me in a way that you know, my mom wasn't able to, but I'm grateful that I was connected to those women so that they could. So I'm a firm believer in that as well. Absolutely. All right. And in conclusion, um, how can we be intentional about creating those healthy generational patterns in our family today?
1: Um, I think ultimately when we say, you know, be intentional, it means being um, what I call purpose driven knowing what that goal is, set your goal, set, set what it is that you want to create. And then you are are purposefully going towards that, um, being biblical. Um, and I know it it speaks to patriarchy, but I'm going to take it and make it, you know, dual here, but it talks about, um, how children are an arrow in the quiver. In other words, talking about like the bow and arrow and the thing that you hold your arrows in. So children mm-hmm. are like the arrows in your quiver. So the more arrows you have, the bigger your quiver, you know, the more, you know, um, blessed you are is what the Bible was say. But when you think about an arrow, when you think about what you're doing, you have to be intentional with that arrow. So you're shooting it to hit a particular mark. And so what you're doing in you, you are creating intentionally patterns that you are really now taking your your quiver out of your bow and shooting a mark for your children to go after so if i if yeah. i want to break a particular cycle in my family pattern then i want to intentionally set up my actions and 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 the things that we do so that i am now mm-hmm. taking my arrow out of that, my quiver and shooting it intentionally for my children to reach it as well so you're laying down that foundation so you have to be intentional you got to level it out you got to make sure that it's sure and firm so that takes intentional steps every single day not that you know all you know not all of a sudden everything is going to be perfect there's going to be trials there's right. going to be ups and there's going to be down but you get right back on track. You you get right back, back on track. It's just yeah. like, if I can say, if, it's just like fasting. That's the one of the hardest things for me to do spiritual discipline wise. But one of the things I learned was if I blow fasting that day, don't beat yourself up and don't fast anymore.
0: Yeah. I messed up. Right.
1: I, I realize I messed up. I'm gonna start my fast again tomorrow. And you jump back on the wagon again because, and ultimately I'm going back. I'm sorry, I didn't finish that sentence because you don't want to give up. And you want to then show a pattern to your children as well. We're not quitting. We don't stop. Yes, we might mess up, but we get back on and we try this thing again. Because I I feel, and I say this a lot of times, even to my students, everybody wants magic tricks. Everybody wants everything to be like, I I wave a wand and all as well. No, it takes work. What you have to do every day is going to take work. And we need to definitely show our children that it takes work. You, You mess up, you get back up and you try again. Um, you know, that didn't work this time. Okay, now I know what doesn't work. Let me try again. Let me try another pattern. Um, and so we get it and then we can show them that exact ability to overcome. So it is the intentionality means not perfection, but not quitting. So it's that resiliency. It's that ability to keep it going.
0: Yes. Yeah. Ms. Young, you just summed up my two life mottos with what you just shared there. So one is progress over perfection. I'm really big on that. No such thing as being a perfect parent or perfect anything, but we are just trying to progress daily. And the other quote that I live by is, um, don't be afraid to fail, be afraid not to try. So you just sum that up with <laughs> what you explained there. Um, because it is going to be a daily task. It is going to be a consistent thing that you have to show up for. Um, I know specifically for parenting, I have my moments of frustration where I lose it. I apologize. I regroup and we're right back at it, you know, trying to get in the next day. So, and I, I hope that my children learn from that pattern. Like, Okay. My mom does apologize to me. My mom does try again when she messes up. My mom does acknowledge her shortcomings. So it's okay for me to fall short and, you know, we'll just figure this thing out together. So those are things and messages that I pray that, you know, my children are getting, um, from our relationship. Yeah. Amen.
1: I agree with that. Absolutely.
0: So, Ms. Young, this was so great, such a great conversation. I appreciate you for um, speaking with me tonight. Um, Is there any way that people can connect with you um, and your business or your services and what you have to offer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, My name is Elise Young, if you find me on my personal page. But I also do have a ministry page called Still Small Voice. Um, and what I've been doing, actually, this start I started this during the pandemic, um, doing these Friday night lives when we were stuck in the house and just had yeah. various conversations and, and things of that nature. Now I've kind of pushed, pulled it back since we're back to work and all of that. So I do a Monday through Friday, like a quick five, maximum, I think I've ever done is six or seven minutes of a morning inspirational kind of message talking about something biblical. Um, something mental health or just something that I, I just had to react to. Um, so you can find me at Still Small Voice uh, Facebook page, Still Small Voice Ministry, and on YouTube at Still Small Voice blog. And I do have a website, which is www.smallvoice.net. And uh, and, and my ultimate goal um, uh, with the title of the ministry, Still Small Voice is connected to um the, the small voice that, that Elijah experienced, where God was not in all the big loud stuff, but in a still small voice, he mm-hmm. turned Elijah around and sent him back so that he could live in purpose and on purpose. So my ultimate goal was just to inform, inspire, equip, um, hoping that I'm, I'm encouraging people in some kind of way to keep on pressing, keep on doing, keep on, you know being ready for whatever God has set and destined for your life. So those are ways that you can meet me and I, and I pray if there's anything that I can do to help anybody, please let me know.
0: Yes. And I will have all of the information um, in the show notes on both the podcast notes and the YouTube platform as well. Be sure to tune in. Like I said, that's how I got connected with her. I tapped in one day. I said, let me see what Miss Young talking about. And it, it blessed me. So thank you again for coming to speak with me. Um, Thank you all for tuning in for tonight's episode. And I pray that you all have a great night. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, you. Miss Elise. See you.